Welcome back to the Act 2 Podcast, a podcast for the real-life working screenwriter. I'm Tasha Hugh. And I'm Josh Hallman. And as a reminder, Act 2 is a network and support group for the everyday working screenwriter when we're working, and I guess technically when we're not working as well. We're here both times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This podcast just one of the things we do, so thank you for joining us here. Um, please DM us with questions or topic suggestions, or you just want to tell us how you're dealing with the strike. Um, you can do that at act2writers at gmail.com, all spelled out, or on our Instagram and Twitter at act2writers. Yeah. I guess I'm, we're also there. <laughs> I'm Tasha on Instagram. Nope, I'm Story Thursday on Instagram. Great. And Tasha 3.0 on Twitter. I am Joshua Hallman on Twitter. Josh Hallman on Instagram. Tasha, how you feeling? I'm tired. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling Tasha before we got on, there was this series of events that put me in like this dark hole and so i came into this podcast and i was like don't be negative dude gonna be positive today (laughs) so here we are here we are we're in a great headspace we're ready to do this yeah we're coming back from a long weekend. This is the this is is the we're yeah even know I don't even know man. Yeah we've got stuff you take Huh? Did you take Memorial Day off? Like Memorial Weekend, did you take it off or did you write? I So we ha- I have a sort of this week in writing, which I'm not going to get into yet unless we do. But um, my daughter was sick for like oh. six or seven straight days. No, you know what? She was sick since Wednesday evening when I returned home from writer's group um, oh. uh, last week. So she was like, it was like a week straight of just her being sick, which means... We're obviously recording this after Memorial Day, after the break, but I didn't do anything for a week. Yeah. Pretty much. Like nothing substantial, which might actually contribute to my elevated stress levels. I can see that. Let's get into this week in writing. Okay. This week in writing. So I remember you were texting me that Amelia was sick. She was eating goldfish. Mm -hmm. And she was watching the greatest movie series of all time, Harry Potter. Yes. And then you text me later, horrifying news that you'd moved on to Fast and Furious. <laughs> and I want to know at what point you moved on. <laughs> and which did she like better? So I don't know how it happened, actually. It was kind of an organic transition. I think I saw the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> It was one of those. Th- Sorry. It was one of those things where we had watched so much TV that I was like, "All right, sweetie, we need to take a break." And just to give you kind of uh, a mental picture, my daughter was in the 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 area where she was like, "I just want to cuddle. I want to lay on the couch, and I want to just hang out." And so that's that's like that's prime territory for me. I was like, you know what? Pencils down. I'm I'm gonna lay on the couch with you, and I'll just stress out over there. But we're gonna watch some uh, some Harry Potter. So we're watching Harry Potter, and I think we watched we watched the first, got into the second, and then I was like, okay, well, maybe we should take a break here because even my like my brain was just fried. So we took a break, and then somewhere I was when we got back onto the screen, I was like, hey, you know, do you want to watch some Fast and Furious? <laughs> 
And she was in this weird state where she was like, okay. So we end up watching the first one. But mm-hmm. she was, I could kind of tell her interest was, was a little out of it. So I'm like, you know which one we should watch is part five. And so we jumped ahead. I gave her a quick little debriefing. I'm like, yo, then Toretto's not in the second one. Toretto makes a cameo in the third one. O'Connor and Toretto come back in the fourth one. Here we are. We're in the fifth one. And now um, Wonder Woman's in it, Gal Gadot. And then yeah. The Rock. This is The Rock one. Freaking classic yeah. movie, Tasha. So she's in. Now she's in. And we watched that. And then I jumped into Fast 9 because it was streaming on Peacock. And then I re- went back and then went back to Fast 6. And then we sprinkled in a little Fast 7. Oh, and then, by the way, we watched so much Fast and Furious. And then she started to take some antibiotics along the way. So she's feeling better. And we had tickets to go see The Little Mermaid. And, and, and she was like, can we see... Fast 10. (laughs) (laughs) Forget Little Mermaid. Let's see Fast 10. I was like, but we ended up seeing Little Mermaid. But here's my thing. This is what I wanted to talk about. I know I I joke a lot about Fast and Furious, but I really did some thinking about the Fast and Furious. And I don't think there's ever been a franchise that has started where it was so grounded in character. And even though part one... You know, it was part one, had its its issues and it's kind of some over-the-top moments. But to see where we are now in Fast and Furious, where it's they're essentially superheroes. Like, they have superpowers. They can't die. They come back to life if they do die. They've gone into outer space. They're breaking cement. Like, this is a pretty insane transition that we've all just kind of accepted. <laughs> and so I started to wonder why. Mm-hmm. And there's a theme that runs through all the Fast and Furiouses. Family? It's family. Yeah. Is that why? It's because this movie's just about family. Is does theme say Fast and Furious? Yeah, I think I think it's us. Cause because that that's why they're fucking doing weird superhero shit, jumping over bridges and catching each other, and it's cause to protect someone else. They're family. So you're sort of along for for that ride, I guess. Can I just, can I just, for one second, I, I was writing a document recently that was like, this is the thing. It was like, kind of like a, sort of like a pitch document in a way of like, here's, I want to tell you about this, this new thing I'm writing and, and why I love it. And then I wrote the line at the top in this like writer statement section. Mm-hmm. I was like, this story is about family. <laughs> and I wrote my paragraph and it was, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I just stared at it. I just stared at that line. And all I heard was fucking Vin Diesel's voice in my head. And I was like, I can't write. I have to change this line. Even though it is about family, I have to change this line. Because yeah. this line is no longer valid. It's like, it's like the cheapest line you could write now, I feel like. So even though it's about family, I had to change the wording. Yeah. So, I, I mean, theme saves fast and furious but also yeah. the the other part to this was like they have mega stars in these movies it's almost sure. like a rite of passage they have the rock wonder woman helen mirren for god's sake yeah aquaman's in it we got jason statham got yeah. it all yeah charlize theron is in it yeah 
Ever Kurt Russell? Gee, I could just—I mean, this Kurt is, Russell's in it. Yeah, this did. This is like Marvel movie territory. I don't know how they did it. This is like the greatest transition in the history of like cinematic anything. This is an achievement, Tasha. That's all I'm saying. I don't know how they did it. When when did it happen? Did it happen? Because Tokyo Drift was movie. Tokyo Drift was three. Three. Yeah. So. That was still normal-ish. Yeah. So is it four when it happens? No, no, no. I actually think it's like six-ish and then seven. And then and then that's where they really started to build. It wasn't five when The Rock came in? No, five. Although like they do break a like a bank vault and then drive it through like Rio or something. But it's mm-hmm. still practical. Like that kind of stuff... There, there's fights and stuff like that, but they're action movie fights. Mm. And it's not until like six or seven where, I mean, I watch Fast 9 and there's a moment where they're driving through like a jungle and they happen to drive into a field with landmines. But they're like, if you go over 80, they're not going to explode on you. So Toretto somehow is like driving through like trees, missing like all these explosions are happening. And then a bridge collapses and like they literally drive up the bridge as it collapses and like defies gravity and, and gets to the other side. My point being mm-hmm. is it, it I don't know. I think my my guess would be around part six. Six to seven. That's the bridge. I guess it feels like they like ran out of story, I guess. And they are they're like, Well, what else do we do? Like what else what else do we have? Well, we have these amazing stunts. Let's just level these up and see how that gets us. I don't know. I've been talking a lot about fast and I, I have to I have to kind of let it go. One other thing. Last thing I'm gonna say mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. I went to go grab some breakfast over this break and I uh, saw this woman that I know and I was just chatting with her and I asked what she was doing and she was like, I'm gonna go see Fast Ten with my mom. It's been a tradition that we've done since I've been a little girl and she's now like in her thirties. And I was like, This is amazing. This like <laughs> This, That's so interesting. I just don't understand how Fast and Furious has done this. I don't know, man. I don't know. Toretto and his white tees. We have to get someone on to just <laughs> debunk this. I don't know. I don't know what we need. I just, I'd rather not just not talk about it ever again, but I don't think that's going to happen. No, you have to show respect to the family. Speaking of family, I watched American Born Chinese over the weekend. Yeah. Just the pilot. What are your thoughts? I thought it was pretty crazy that so many of the actors from Everything Everywhere All at Once are in it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I like it. But I'm going to let you talk now because you're giving me a look. I thought it was, I thought it I thought it nailed some of the microaggressions that happen to Asian people in this country really well. Like there's there's a thread where people keep mispronouncing the main character's name is Jin, J-I-N, as Jim, J-I-M. And Paul, as we were watching it, my husband was like, wait, is his name Jim or Jin? I was like, it's Jin, they're just mispronouncing it. He's like, are you sure? Like, yeah, it's Jin. And the reason I know is because my dad's name is Hans. Mm-hmm. H-A-N-S. He was named at the time he was born in 1941. And my grandfather was like, Germans are strong people. <laughs> so he named 
his two sons, Hans and Marcus. And so Hans is my dad's name. And everyone, even our closest friends growing up, would call him Han, H-A-N, because mm. they like, didn't, they couldn't compute that someone who looks like him could be named something not Chinese. So like the mispronouncing of names is like very common. And then like just like tiny, tiny things throughout, like the principal comes up to Jen and is like, hey, there's this new student and you're both Chinese. You have a lot in common. So like, will you show him around? Yeah. And it's like small, but it's enough to be like, yeah, like those things happen mm -hmm. to you all the time. So I thought like that was good. But for some reason, there was a way it was done. And you like you let me know how you feel about it, where it like diminished these things like they didn't feel as offensive or like powerful as they actually are when you experience there was something there's like a distance to it and the way maybe it was directed or, or written I can't quite tell which so overall like the pace to me was really slow like I, I feel like I was supposed to have these big emotions when the characters were being insulted or anything and I kind of wasn't so I was just it just felt slow oh are you gonna go in for part two episode two I am in the hopes that finally now like the the story has kind of been set by the end of the pilot. Yeah. We sort of know what's at stake now and how the main character that you're following throughout the whole thing is going to be a part of that bigger, more interesting, high stakes story. Yeah. So I, I want to see if it starts to pick up, but like just... I guess like Chinese kid in a high school and a white high school was like not enough to get me through the pilot. You needed more. Yeah. Okay. Is that just me? No, I that, that that's I'm hesitating because my attention wasn't fully on the screen at the time. Okay. And I feel like I need okay. to rewatch the pilot. But I the Meh. parts that I saw I was like, oh, this is really cool. I like this. Okay. So I'm gonna give it another go. Okay. With 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 more focus. <sighs> Maybe a potential breakdown in the future. That would be fun. Just talk about it. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Great. Real quick spec check. Spec check. <laughs> I'm doing it myself. <laughs> All right. Where are you at? Before, New segment. Before we jump in, where are you? Okay. I I submitted my I guess outline like treatment it's basically in paragraph form to you guys mm -hmm. at writers group last week and I got amazing notes that were so so helpful and I came to writers group being like I found my theme like at the end of writing this so please help me figure out how to layer in my theme better family and so that was really fun yeah <laughs> family. I mean kind of <laughs> Um, so that was good to be able to like, talk through that. You guys had really great ideas. And I was so excited. I wanted to come home at like 10 p.m. whenever we wrapped and continue writing. And I made the mistake of sitting down on the couch with Paul. And I was like, no, nah, I'm tired. <laughs> but I was really excited on the whole drive. I'm like, I am pulling an all-nighter. Mm. I was like, so energized. So this week, I'm going to actually outline it. I'm going to go into final draft. I think, I think I'm going to do this. I might not be there yet. I'm going to basically pin down the outline in a lot more detail and then send it to my manager. Great. That's exciting. Keep me accountable for next spec check that I've done this. Yeah, I should yeah, have yeah. submitted it to my manager by next spec check. Okay. Done. What about you? Well, I slacked a bit. Your child was sick. Child so. was sick. Um, I have another project in my life you and I have talked about that I'm kind of in. It's not writing. It's some producing social media stuff, whatever. I'm in some yeah. thing where my head's in, my head's in a, a different space as well. My child was sick. I didn't get too far. 
my plan is for our next writers group is to submit act one and I'm okay. still in act one. Uh, I'm about 65% through act one. Okay. I, I didn't do so much. So in two weeks is when writers group is. So around then, yeah. you have oh, a week yeah. and a half basically to submit it. Definitely. You yeah. got this. I definitely have this. Yeah. I will say that as I've been writing it, I'm like, A, I've forgotten how to write, number one. Yeah. Number two, this is the worst thing I've ever written. Number three, <laughs> this is boring. <laughs> oh, interesting. But that's, oh, I feel like that always happens with the first pass because you're so long and you're so like long-winded as well. Totally. Yeah. I'm. I, the, the, the dialogue is right on the nose. There's yeah. scenes I'm trying to figure out, you know, when you, you, you start writing and I have, I've outlined this, but like, I still, you get into the scene and you're kind of just, you're, you're hitting, it's like the dialogue is instructing, uh, you where to go, but the dialogue shouldn't be so on the nose. So then you have to rewrite yeah. it and have a little more subtext, all that stuff. So anyway, yeah, uh, you guys are going to tear it apart and, um, I won't comment on the dialogue, I guess. No, please do. Just let, why does this dialogue suck? Why, Josh, why, why, why are they saying the most obvious shit? Hey, Carrie, walk over here. No, no, no. It's not like that bad. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm going to talk about your notes probably after I submit it. The group's notes to let everyone know on the spec check. <laughs> I think you should. Um, anyway, so that's me. Okay. It's good this week in writing. Solid. Okay. We're yeah. moving on to our main topic, which is arbitration Boom. this is going to be the first of a couple episodes i believe because there is someone else another writer who's gone through a different kind of arbitration like their arbitration experience was different than mine and so i'd like to bring them on to talk about that and and the reason why we're talking about arbitration is that i didn't know what the hell this really was what it entailed it was this huge mystery it felt like oh that's like a legal battle that happens to some writers but it's not going to happen to me mm-hmm. and then it happened to me on something and i was so confused about how this all goes and no one could really explain it to me i guess so i guess we're going to start at the beginning and talk about like why this happens what it means and then how it panned out for me i get they kind of tell you do they tell you? Someone told me that they tell you <laughs> that you really shouldn't talk about your arbitration process, and so I'm not gonna bring I'm not gonna bring up names or anything like that, yeah. or even what the project is. But I think the process itself is really important to talk about because it will inevitably happen, and for us to be completely in the dark about it is just confusing. It's an end unnecessary. Yeah. So um, I guess we'll start from the top and like why it happened. Yeah. And I'm happy we're talking about this because also no idea. I've heard, I've heard people be like, I've had this arbitration, this and this, and I never understood what it meant. And then, yes, unfortunately it happened to you. And then I started to get a little bit more information or fortunately it happened. And, um, I'm excited to learn something. Yeah. (laughs) I hope, I hope I can be clear. Again, this just happened to me. So I'm sure there's a lot about this process that I don't fully understand. Yeah. This Um, is the basics. It just, this is the, yeah, this is the basics via my experience. So like that's the POV here. And so I, I wrote a screenplay a while back that made it into production. So this happens on stuff that, has actually been produced and has a final shooting script. And that's kind of the sort of holy grail that's used to 
arbitrate. Mm. You know, what writers have contributed to this final shooting script on a completed movie. And I just received an email one day from the WGA saying, hey, this is going into arbitration. And here is who, or here is what the company who made the movie thinks the writing credit should be. And then here's a list of all the other writers who are on this project. And let's stop there for a second. So I get this document from the WGA. And I was like, holy shit, all of these writers were on this project? Nobody told me that. Mm. <laughs> so like, I came on to a project that I knew was a rewrite. I That's the job I came in for was to rewrite the script. But I rewrote the script of someone who was in the room when I pitched. So they were a producer on the project. They had written, they'd come in as a WGA writer and written a, a draft. And they needed someone to come on and rewrite that draft to get it production ready to get it into a place where the story kind of just made a bit more sense and was a little bit more sort of coalesced. And this writer slash producer, I don't think really had the time to do it themselves, but we're still really invested in the project. So enter me, I give my pitch. And so I, my knowledge of the job that I'm being hired to do is to rewrite this singular script with these singular overall concepts I had no knowledge of other writers. Now, I knew that this idea had been in development for years. I didn't know that. But the way it was sort of pitched to me as a job was that forget all of those people. This new draft that you're reading that we'd like you to rewrite, this is now the script. So we're going in a completely different direction. Forget all of those. But I guess even in that scenario you still have to do due diligence, you being the WGA, I guess, of going through those past writers being like, well, is it really a complete 180 from those other writers? Let's just do our due diligence and make sure and go through every writer who's ever been a part of this project. So that was really interesting to me because the WGA does ask you, hey, are you okay with allowing these materials to be submitted for consideration as part of the arbitration process? Yeah. And I was like, well, I don't, I mean, I guess I don't know any of these people. I don't know what contributions they made. If they say they made those contributions and the company agrees that they did, then who am I to say they didn't? But I will tell you that I have no knowledge of them and nor like, is their name on any of the work that I've ever seen. Yeah. And they were like, okay, like that doesn't matter. The fact is that they contributed and it is very easy for a producer, for example, to take off someone's name when they go to try and hire another writer and just be sneaky about it. So can we just pause for one second? Yeah. So you get the script. It has one other writer's name on it. Yeah. And then you find out all these other writers were on it. Yes. And and by the way, that the script that I was rewriting was a rewrite of someone else's thing. That Because they also break down for you, here's the names of the writers and what they contributed. So it's like outline, treatment, script. And then it's like revised script, revised script. So you see... And then they also will say like, because this has happened a couple of times, this, this long process of this movie, revised script. And then the next writer who comes in says first draft, yeah. which means that they took a complete departure from the previous one and it's no longer a revised draft. But for, for me, it turns out that the script that came before me 
was a revised draft of something else, which horrified me because I was not made aware of that. Mm. And then my script, of course, was a revised draft of that person's. So that scared me a lot. And then the final shooting script was also written by someone else. So someone else came on, they were a director, and they rewrote the script for the final shooting draft, which is fine. That happens. It became the director's movie at some point, and they came on to rewrite it. So this was like the, the list that I was dealing with. And then the way that they determine credits is really interesting, because if you get written by credit, that means you're getting sole credit here. And it's used when the WJ believes the writer is entitled to both the story by credit and also the screenplay by credit. So story by credit is basically you are creating the story with which the screenplay is based on. Right. Right. So yeah, that's like me, me saying, Tasha, I have this idea. It's about uh, these aliens that come to earth and this, you know, person has to figure out how to communicate with them. And, and you're like, all right, cool. I'm going to write a rival or whatever. Yeah. Bad example, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And also like if you'd written a treatment or something about these aliens coming down and it's not a fully fleshed out, even outline, it's just like a basic idea, basic beats, mm -hmm. basic kind of character relationships. There's no way that this could be considered a screenplay or even an outline of any kind. Um, if you have that story by and I go and write a, a script based on these ideas and with these characters, then you get story by credit. And the reason why it's nebulous is because you have to go through this arbitration process if there's multiple writers here to decide who gets this credit. And they go through all of the materials ever submitted on this project and they read everything and compare everything and then decide who gets what. Gotcha. So there's story by credit. And then there's screen story by, which my understanding of this is if Josh had written a short story or a novel, then he would get that story by credit. And then screen story by would be me because I'm writing the screenplay based off of his novel. And it's close enough to his short story slash novel mm -hmm. that it's like a, a really direct adaptation of that. So that's my rough understanding of screen story by. God. I could be totally wrong, by the way. <laughs> that's my understanding of what that is. Um, and then screenplay by is the person who writes the individual scenes, all the full dialogue within a script. They are like all the scenarios, the continuity between how the scenes flow. That all comes from this screenplay by writer. Mm -hmm. And so what you kind of fight for in arbitration is who gets story by credit and who gets screenplay, screenplay by credit. Um, because the, the big reason you fight is because you... you a, you want the credit for the thing that you wrote and you want people to see that your name is on that screen and, and you deserve that credit. But B is because of residuals, right? So like if Josh and I end up sharing screenplay by credit, then our residuals are split 50-50. And now I just get less money over the course of this movie. So you fight for it because you're like, well, I wrote most of this movie, therefore I deserve the residuals. So there's a lot of money on the table in terms of arbitration. Yeah. So then the next step is after they say, do you have any objections to these materials being submitted? Which, by the way, there was a material that 
was like up in the air where <laughs> this is really interesting. One of the items that this writer wrote, the company couldn't verify that it was actually part of this process. And I was like, wait, what does that mean? And the WGA responds that the executive who hired that writer and who read that writer's outline that they submitted or whatever it was that was submitted is no longer at the company. So the company cannot verify it because that person is gone. And I was like, wow, they don't have a system with which to like log yeah. <laughs> these incoming things so that the company wide has read it. Like that's, that's crazy. So this is all based off of documents that have been shared with executives or producers. And then all, everyone has to pool their documents together essentially for proof. Like for instance, yeah. if I was the executive, you'd be like, see, I sent this version to Josh and the, the, here's the proof of me exchanging this document, right? Sort of. I never had to provide proof like an email or anything. Oh, okay. And maybe it gets to that point. And maybe this person who the company was like, we didn't get that outline had to do that. But for me, it was like the company. So you executive Josh submits what you think the credits are, as well as a list of all the writers who have participated in this, whom you have hired to work on this in some respect over the course of however many years you've been developing it. And then the WJ sends an email to all of those writers and says, which material would you like to have submitted? And the company will have submitted their own version of that. So Executive Josh will have submitted my outline to the WGA saying, this is the only material that we received from Tasha. Wow. And this is what we think should be up for arbitration. Wow. And then when they reach out to me, I'll be like, wait, no, 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 no. I wrote more than an outline. I also wrote a script. Like, why isn't this being considered? So they they will then ask me, okay, well, what is the script? When did you send it? They'll probably ask those follow-up questions. Um, they didn't have to do that for me because my script, the company already submitted my materials properly. So for me, I just had to confirm, yes, those are the scripts that I would like considered. And I say scripts, plural, because I wrote two drafts. I wrote a first draft and then a revised draft. And they're both very different. So they asked me, do you want both drafts to be considered in the arbitration? Meaning everyone reads both of these drafts. to And I said, yes, <laughs> because I didn't, I just in case the, the final shooting script used some of the material mm -hmm. for my first draft, I just wanted to be sure that that was still in there. So um, they read both drafts. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's your work. You want someone to, that makes all the sense. I feel like if you had to submit multiple drafts, it's like read them all because, yeah. wow, that must be so crazy because- you know, whoever's in charge of this is reading all of these drafts or whatever council or what, but they have to read everything to make a judgment call on, okay, this was Tasha's first draft. It has this, these elements are in the shooting draft and that's, that's wild. It's gotta be so much reading. It's gotta be a rough week. Cause they do it fast too. Like it's their turn, their turnover for when they make a decision is very quick. So they, they do all this reading very quickly. I, yeah. Um, I'd be, I'd be curious about their process of like how they redline or like highlight certain things to keep track. Yeah. But on that topic, like what they have to ultimately decide the arbitrators is did the first writer who came in contribute more than 33% to the final shooting script. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. And then subsequent writers after that very first writer have to contribute 50% or more 
to the final shooting script to gain credit. So the first writer gets basically more leeway because they are technically the kind of creator of the draft. Yeah. So if their 33% or more of their script is in the final, they get credit automatically. But if you're one of the last writers in, you would have to have changed the script by 50% or more. Okay. And that's a lot. Yeah. I like that because, you know, a lot of times it just requires the first writer to create the template and to create the story and the idea. And it's, it's that to me, that's everything. So yeah, 33%. That's actually that. I like it. Yeah. That makes sense to me. And they, they make a difference between original screenplays and non-original. So if Josh came in and wrote a spec and they hired other writers to come in and rewrite you, maybe like five different writers, who knows? Your work is no longer recognizable. But as long as the final shooting script is 33% of what you wrote, then you're in the clear. You mm -hmm. gain credit on that movie. And I, I guess think of how hard it would be to change more than 33% of Josh's original spec. Like you'd have to page one rewrite it to completely wipe it out. But even then, like you're basing it on your alien father-son idea mm -hmm. with time travel. Like that's inherently going to probably be 33% of the final shooting script because the concept and the way the character relationships are, are probably going to be about the same. So it makes it harder to kick the first original spec writer off of something um, with this method, which I think is great. I mean, that's why the guild is the guild and they're, they're helping out their writers. Mm, interesting. But for a non-original screenplay, so something like what I wrote, I was, you know, writer 5 million in, in on this, and it was based on pre-existing material, then any writer just needs 33% or more to the final shooting script to be entitled to the screenplay credit. This is complicated. It's complicated. <laughs> yeah. So what I had to do was prove that I did 33% at least of work on this script, that the final shooting script included at least 33% of what I had created in my draft. Interesting. Because then that's almost like a clean slate to all writers saying, listen, this wasn't an original idea. This was someone else's idea that you adapted. And therefore, we're, 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 we're changing the 33% rule because that would, you know, theoretically go to the person who created the IP. Yeah. So, okay. I'm following along. I'm liking this. Yeah. Okay. So then what you have to do next is write a letter to the arbitration committee. And my agent sent me some example letters from clients they had in the past, kind of like fudging out their names so that I didn't know who they were. But in order to just give me some kind of understanding of what the hell this letter is supposed to include, because I've never read one of these, I have no understanding. And the big pressure for me was that I had heard and people had reached out to me saying like, oh, I heard you're going into arbitration. You should hire this person to help you. And then I was like, oh, that sounds nice. Because, you know, like, again, a lot of money is left on the table if you don't win this thing. Yeah. And, you know, you want credit for the thing that you wrote. So I look into this person and they cost like tens of thousands of dollars to really? hire these consultants to help you write your letter and to present your case in the best possible way. And these people are, they're, they're legit Hollywood consultants. And I could not bring myself to pay that kind of money yeah. for something, for, for what is essentially a letter 
that I, and I'm a writer, <laughs> I feel like I should be able to write my own letter and that how can someone else have a better understanding of the scripts than I, I do Correct. already, you I know? Guess. So it's- And the truth will set you free, right? So it's like, if you just tell your side of the story of exactly mm. what happened, that's exactly what happened. You're not, it doesn't sound like just knowing you, you're not some person who's going to try to manipulate the process. But if you're like, this is literally, I was given this, like everything you just explained, that's it. The proof is on the page. Yeah. Maybe. I might be a little naive by saying that. I don't know. I think I'm naive too, because these people don't exist for no reason and smart people do use them. So I wonder if these get like really heated and less obvious than it felt like my process was. Right. Where people are being sketchy, maybe. And so you do, I don't know. I don't know. This is why we're going to have multiple episodes on this, because we need to bring someone in who, you know, did hire someone. And how was that helpful to them? Because that's certainly an option. And the the reasoning that was given to me was at the end of the day, the difference could be hundreds of thousands of dollars for you over the course of your career in terms of residuals. The 10,000 now is nothing in in right. you know, in the scheme of of that money. So, I decided to do it myself. No, that makes sense. That's why I'm I'm happy. I love hearing that. But it does <laughs> I I understand why you would get someone involved. It's like getting a lawyer. You're like so, you know, you could be like I was just crossing the street. I got hit by a car and they're like get a lawyer because yeah. that doesn't matter how obvious someone else was at fault you need a lawyer so i get it i get it yeah it's yeah but you did it so yourself. then i did it myself and it was a lot of work i was putting it off because it's so much work and what i had to do was reread the script that i came in to rewrite reread the or read for the first time the final shooting script and then reread my draft and then like highlight everything that was the same and different. Mm. And here is how the arbitration committee decides whether you get that 33%. It's based on four different criteria. Oh. The first is dramatic construction. So in Josh's spec that he wrote, if I came in and rewrote it, but kept the overall structure of his screenplay, my act one, two, and three pretty much move the same way then that is dramatic construction. And Josh could write, look what Tasha did. Sure, she might have changed the scenes within this, but her her characters and her story moves exactly as I wrote it. Mm-hmm. So that's dramatic construction. So I had to go through and basically note the scenes, how the scenes were moving in the same way that they, they moved for me and how I created these scenes. And this 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 writer continued to use my overall structure. Um, and you can get into to detail about it too. It, the letters that I was that I was sent as samples were there were actually two. One was really long, and one was more succinct. And I was like, mm, that one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because I don't think after reading so many scripts, the arbitration committee is going to be swayed by really, really long letters. It just in my mind, if I read the scripts, I have the facts in front of me you just need to tell me the facts as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like just rather than like adding so much emotion into it or, or like writing a full essay, just basic. So I, I was pretty succinct in my letter. The next criteria, number two is original and different scenes. So you go in and you describe which scenes were yours and which scenes were new that you didn't write. And you have to be honest, 
And that doesn't mean you have to go through every single scene and say this one, this one, this one, this one. It's more like overall, the scenes are the same. Uh, the ones that were different were, you know, maybe this storyline and included this storyline. Um, and that's, that's kind of it. Is that clear? Original versus different scenes? Yeah. So you're going through and you're like, I kept the opening, but the next, the following sequence is completely different. Here's what's different. And then because of that, it changes the next, but now the next scene that overlaps is when we start act two. And that makes sense to me. Yeah, you can do that. But the the sample that I read actually was like far more like 50,000 foot view about it. It oh. was the sample I read was like, I created the character of Sam and the character is doing all the things. The, char- the, the character of Sam that is doing all of these different things, um, all the scenes that she's in are all my scenes. And I completely changed what was currently there. The character before was named Bob mm. and... Uh, those scenes took place all in New Mexico. My scenes take place in London and have a completely different tone and theme to it and takes place in the 1800s instead of the 2000s. Gotcha. Like you can be kind of more 50,000 foot view about it. And then the, the third one, which I think is interesting, is characterization or character relationships. So there was something that I did in, in my script where I changed the, one of the main characters from being kind of, they were kind of like a, a rich sort of Downton Abbey type of person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I changed them into a warrior person. Gotcha. So very different personality and different characterization. So I essentially, well, I didn't create that character. I made them into something new. And that s- still stands within the final shooting script. So that's kind of what I wrote in this section was that I created that character and all the other characters as well were characters whose their, their characterization, meaning their personality and their character relationships, how they interacted with all the other characters basically came from my draft. So that's just kind of what I said in that paragraph, Boom. which is interesting because what's hard when you read it is the characters behave differently in the final shooting script than what I had. They say a lot of different things. They act in in ways that I would not have them act, but their overall relationships with each other remain the same. Like the father and son is still the father and son. The best friend is still the best friend. Even though the best friend behaves in a way I would not have them behave as a best friend, it's still the same relationship. Yeah. And then the last piece is the dialogue. How much of the dialogue is yours? How much of the dialogue is totally new? And for me, I had to be honest here and let go and be like, well, None of the dialogue is mine. There's like literally a few lines that are word for word from me. The rest is... Oh, in the final shooting. shooting Yeah. Yeah. And the rest is completely rewritten. Well, it it does seem like the dialogue would be the number one, not the number one, but the biggest thing that would be changed. It feels like, I feel like, because even as a writer with your own spec up until the final minute, or if you're writing something, you're always tweaking dialogue. You're always like, all right, I'm just going to change this around. So it seems like that makes sense. I bet you if you had to, if you you have these four different things you just explained, I bet dialogue is the lowest weighted out of all of those four. It's really interesting you say that because what the WGA also sends you the screen credits manual, which gives you all the information you could possibly need on this process. And it's very long. But one of the things they say is that Many lines of dialogue can be changed, but the arbiters may still 
deem that that's not significant enough of a contribution to the script to warrant screenplay credit, which is so interesting. Yeah. yeah, you could go in to my script and change all the dialogue and still not get credit for writing that screenplay because mm-hmm. my structure is still there. The character scenes, you didn't change any scenes whatsoever and the character relationships remain the same. You just changed how they talk to each other. Yeah. And that's not enough. <sighs> so interesting. That was great. Yeah, that's it. That's that's that was my experience. I submitted my letter, hoped for the best. Oh right. Is there a conclusion? Do we talk about the conclusion? <laughs> I won. <laughs> so let's go. You have a new side hustle. It's it's helping people out in these situations. <laughs> I can help write your letter letter if you want to. <laughs> wow. This sounds yeah. exhausting, number one. Yeah. Stressful a little bit. Um but also insane. You're just shining a light on something for me that it's it's one of those things you just hear about, but you just don't understand. Yeah. There's so much secrecy to it that even now I feel like, should we have talked about it? Did I overstep <laughs> my bounds? <laughs> I don't know. We recorded for too long. There's no going back. Yeah, we can't go back now. I mean, the, pro- the process has to be elucidated. I feel like, yeah, it's you know so what? interesting. I don't understand... Why we wouldn't, why people wouldn't talk about this, honestly, you know? I imagine because the only thing I can think of, the thing that comes up for me is like, I don't want this movie to come out whenever it comes out, whatever movie this is, we don't know. Um, if it comes out. <laughs> and yeah. for people to be like, did you hear this podcast where Tasha is shit talking the contributions of the other writers or diminishing the contributions of the other writers or. Is sort of airing dirty laundry, I guess, about how this movie was made. Because a big part of making a movie is a collaboration. And yeah. it's not about this competition of who gets credit and who doesn't get credit. It's like we all take credit in this in this movie. So like this arbitration process is kind of so different than how the movie is supposed to get made and also released. That I mean, listen, I'm sorry you got dragged into this, but we wouldn't be talking about this unless someone pulled you into this situation. So... <laughs> So fuck them. (laughs) So, as far as I'm concerned, you know, you could talk about. I don't think it's airing dirty laundry. I just think it's talking about the process and the unfortunate reality of the screenwriting world in which we live in. And it's yeah, it might happen where it doesn't work out for us one day, and it goes in a different direction. You're like, what the hell happened there? And I'm sure people have stories where they were like the first writer on something and they lost an arbitration and they can't believe yeah. they lost an arbitration. And and yeah. That actually brings up two two additional things I want to say real fast. Uh, one is that this, this project was an automatic arbitration. So it's automatically arbitrated because a producer on the project was also a writer. And mm. when that happens, it automatically goes into arbitration because – for the Writers Guild, that's automatically kind of suspicious, I think. So they just want to make sure someone's not putting their name on something when they shouldn't. Because um, those jobs should be different, right? Producer and writer should be different. So mine was automatic arbitration. And then the second piece is that I have heard another story about a writer in TV who had to go into arbitration because the, the script she wrote got scrapped for no fault of her own, the execs just wanted to go in a different direction. And so a new writer came on and rewrote her script. And the showrunner was like, no, this original writer should still get credit. 
And he said to her, don't worry about it. I got you. And he actually wrote the letter arbitration letter for her and she didn't have to do a thing. Mm. And the showrunner ended up getting her credit. And she said she watched her episode and it was drastically different than the one she originally wrote. And her name is still on it, which is great for her because again, credit and all of the residuals that come from it. But that was also a way that that process went for her. She didn't even have to touch it really. Wow. Jesus. This is yeah. insane. Yeah. Okay. Well, right. this is, this, this is, this is my experience and um, it's fantastically interesting to me. Yeah, me too. What a letter. What a letter I had to write. It's crazy. <laughs> To go back into past Tasha, because this was a long time ago yeah. that this that I that I was like in this headspace and I wrote this script and met all these people and to have to go back to where I was and uh, justify your writing is very interesting. How was the writing in the script? Good. Your writing, I mean. My writing was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I reread it. And I was like, oh god, this is. I need to change the scene. Yeah. Oh, this is, oh yeah. no. <laughs> Why did I do that? Why did I think that was good? It's funny how many new things you pick up over time in writing. Yeah. Like, even within like months to a year, you're like, oh, I'm going to just kind of change this. Like the way it's I so write. so true. You just kind of. You become better. Yeah. Constantly. You, you read old stuff. You're like, Ugh. Anyway. Awesome. Really? We have to end on that note? Okay. <laughs> that was a great note. I love it. <laughs> All right. Quote of the day. Films thought of as a director's medium because the director creates the end product that appears on the screen. It's that stupid auteur theory again, that the director is the author of the film. But what does the director shoot? The telephone book? Writers have had to put up a valiant fight to get the credit they deserve. Billy Wilder. I like it. Please remember to rate and subscribe. Follow us at Act Two Writers for more awesome writing stuff. You can follow me, Tasha, at Story Thursday on Instagram or on Twitter at Tasha 3.0. And I'm Josh Hallman on Instagram, Joshua Hallman on Twitter. And as always, the Act Two podcast is a production of Act Two, a network and support group for the everyday working screenwriter. This episode was edited by Paul Lundquist, music by 414 Bag, which you can find on Spotify. Mm-hmm.